Welcome to the Leader Byte Podcast, hosted by Chester Goat. Bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Any topic is fair game here, because committed leaders bring it all to the table. Here's your host, Chester Goad. Welcome back, LeaderBite listeners. I'm so glad to be back. Uh, today, I have Carol Sparks with me. Carol is from East Tennessee. Uh, she has traveled extensively and even lived overseas uh, several years in different countries, and she's a writer and a mom, and those are two things that are very important to her, and we're going to talk about all this in just a minute, but more importantly, she's a friend. She's a friend of my family. We have friends in common. Carol, welcome, and thanks for coming on The Leader Bike today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I've listened to every episode. Have you really? Yeah. All right. All right. So I, I have some I have listeners out there, so that's always good to know. <laughs> hey, I've known you for a long time, but for the listeners out there, get us up to speed uh, first on where you've been and what you've been up to lately. Well, we've been back in the Knoxville area for three years now. And in that time, I really started focusing on my writing more as a career, not just mm. a hobby. Before that, we lived in Africa. We've lived in um, Texas and North Carolina and just really gone wherever the Lord called us to go. Um, and actually, we were a little surprised that he brought, brought us back here to Knoxville. Were you really yeah. surprised that you ended up? Are you glad you ended up back here, though? Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm. a, it's a comfortable place, isn't it? It is. And it's great to be around people people who speak the same language as you, even with the y'all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, um, I've really been paying attention to what you're up to for a while now. Even since I've known you, I've known you uh, as a writer in many ways and uh, just pinning your thoughts through the years. And I've, I've always appreciated it. I even really appreciate how you will take a photo of something and then you'll have a thought about it or maybe even a scripture will come to mind or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. You find the beauty in that moment, in that picture, and then you have a thought and you put that down and it just makes it even more beautiful. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I've been, I've been impressed with your approach to writing and blogging and your photography. And, um, I would classify you, honestly, if I had to classify you, um, I would classify you as a creative of sorts. And I appreciate creatives because I feel like I'm one myself. Would you consider yourself a creative? Absolutely. But I think it's something I had to grow into. Really? I had to become comfort comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. I've always liked art and... <laughs> I got my first camera when I was about eight. It was a Polaroid. Oh, okay. And I took pictures of every Christmas gift that everyone opened that year and put them all in a book. So I, I think I was a creative from the beginning, but mm. um, it took a while to just kind of own that and say, that I'm comfortable with who I am. I had to learn to yeah. be okay with that. Yeah. And well, creative means that sometimes you're you're not in the box. You're not going right. to be standard. You're going to be a little different. Right. And, uh, yeah, you have to kind of learn. Would you say that your upbringing influenced that path? of creativity and where you are now? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, my mom used to say, you can be anything you want. So absolutely. Um, I think that helped a lot. Um, just that freedom to explore different things. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved to read, especially, which I think feeds the writing. Um, yeah, multiple books. You mm -hmm. know, I used to have to have a limitation on how long I could spend reading each really? day. <laughs> okay, so you're limited <laughs> on how much you can read. Yeah, it never much... was. Never was. Okay, get your 20 minutes and then you're done. Uh -huh. It was like, you you can't read anymore. Go do something else. <laughs> and see, for for some kids, uh, reading would be a punishment. Right. You, you need to go over and sit in the corner right. and read, which right. I, I'm not big about reading as a punishment. 
punishment. But mm-hmm. I know that some people kind of view it that way. Mm-hmm. But you were talking about loving reading and can't get enough of it. My wife is a voracious, you know, Joy, she yeah. is a voracious reader mm-hmm. the same way. And she will just put one down and pick it up. And honestly, she's um, become a lot more interested in like history and things like that. She loves to read about history and stuff. But she also loves devotions and all those sorts of things. So... Yeah, yeah I've found myself more and more interested in history as I age. Um, I think it seems um, a little bit cruel to put our kids through history class because they don't care. But <laughs> as you get older, you realize how important that is and how much we have yes, to learn. If true. we want to change the future, we have to understand the past. Absolutely. So. Why we came through what we came right. through. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. Um, you sort of got where you are now in a roundabout way. Uh, you yes. were on a different path initially. Do you want to touch on that for a minute? Yes, I started out in architecture. I had mm. my first degrees in architecture. I went that way because I liked the combination of art and science or engineering. Mm-hmm. And I really thrive with limitations. I know we talked about being outside the box, mm-hmm. but I like to explore how far you can go in the box. Mm. And what all you can do with what you right, have. Right, right. And we used to laugh, my husband and I, he said, she's a blogger and I'm a tweeter because he doesn't like to write a whole but I love Twitter. <laughs> I know. I love it because you have to say everything you need to say in 140 characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so there's yes. real limitations there. And architecture is the same way. You know, there are things you just can't do yes. with the laws of nature. And so to push those boundaries and see how far you can go, but still do something that actually works and come out with a tangible product. That's what I like about oh, it. I love that. Uh, architects, they also, they get to build beautiful things from planning to completion. And yeah. as a, as a writer, as a fellow writer, a wordsmith, um, do people still use that word? I think it's a it's an awesome word, wordsmith. Um, I can appreciate the correlation, though, of taking an idea and building on it to a completed or more refined work. And it's so funny because I will write something, and even after I've published it, I'll go back and I'll say, oh, I should have said it this way. Right. And so I sort of keep crafting it, but, but then also letting people make their decisions about it, you know, whether they want to love it or they want to reflect on it or whether they hate it. Um, as a writer, I appreciate the process. And so mm-hmm. for me, the process of writing is... Is a big deal. So first, what does your process look like? Um, essentially from idea to final, what does that look like for you? Yeah, um, I usually start with observation. And a lot of what I write is based in the Bible. And so it comes from what I read. And there'll be one phrase or one verse that sticks with me in my head. And then I find just without trying that it comes up in different ways. Or I'll hear a podcast or I'll read an article that has the same topic. I might hear a sermon. I might just have a conversation with a friend. And all these things keep building on that first thought. I think God puts those things in at the right time. Then eventually I just kind of have to brain dump mm-hmm. on the computer and sit down and pour it all out. And then it takes a little while to refine it. I usually don't know where I'm going when I start uh-huh. writing. I really write to learn. And there's a great quote, which of course I should have looked at before we started, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that I don't write because I know it all. I write to learn. Mm, all right. So to, I don't really know what I think about a subject until I write it out and sort it out on paper or on the screen. And then I know where I'm going with it. And then mm. the revision and I have a fantastic theology editor he always my husband always checks my theology and backs me up and helps that's me cool with to that. have that to have that in your yeah. life mm, then finally i have to take a deep you. breath and his hip publish mm-hmm. that's always a little scary yes exactly it's, 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 it's kind of weird but it's like this energetic moment though isn't it mm, yes. like, okay i'm getting ready to share this with the world yes. and 
Yeah, you know, um, I, I mentioned earlier about, you know, giving people opportunity to either love it or reflect on it or mm -hmm. hate it. Uh, certainly, I don't want anybody to hate anything that I, that I write, but at the same time, First of all, it's their right to not like it, and I can learn from that. Um, but also, what an honor for someone to spend time with your word. Absolutely, yes. You Just know? even someone who takes time to, especially to comment on a blog and mm -hmm. to say, I read this, and I don't agree with you, but, but I appreciate what you're saying. And I love that kind of feedback. I'd love to create a discussion where we help each other grow because of our dissent. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. instead of creating an atmosphere of hate, we create an atmosphere of building and constructive criticism. Yeah, the world does not really big on dissent or disagreement anymore, yeah. and, and or, or the value of being able to learn from each other's disagreement. Right. You know, and to me, um, you actually learn a lot more about a person when you can understand the purpose behind that, why they disagree with you. Yes. You know, so. Yeah. I always try to teach my kids that, um, that someone, when someone acts out, there's a reason behind it. And if you can get to that reason behind the way they're acting and why they're treating you badly, you can understand a lot more about them. And then also it's just easier to forgive. It really is. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, let's talk about what you write. Mm -hmm. uh, first, tell me what all you're writing right now. What sorts of writing platforms, writing media are you doing mm -hmm. right now? Almost all of my writing is uh, based in the Bible and um, faith-based typewriting. I have a blog that I can write on every week. Um, it's been a real a personal challenge for me to be consistent and be on my blog once a week on Fridays I publish. Then um, I've written some articles and devotions for publication on various uh, print media and online. Mm -hmm. um, that's been exciting. I had a big article in a um, quarterly this year. Mm -hmm. and that was um, a privilege for me to get to contribute to the missiological conversation mm, going on in the country. And um, then I've written a Bible study. I hope it's the first in a series. It's called Dwell. Mm -hmm. And it's on Mary, Martha, and Lazarus and their relationship with Jesus. Just trying to get into their shoes, see Jesus through their eyes, and try to get to know him better. Mm -hmm. But I hope, as I said, that that will be a series. And so my next project, I'm probably skipping ahead, but no, my next okay. project um, is Dwell about Simon Peter mm. and to spend some time with him. He's my favorite. Well, I love that you write and I love that you write across different medias. I mean, I mean different platforms like mm -hmm. you, you do blog, but you also share short stories. I, I love how you'll get a thought or you'll have, honestly, what I like is like, you'll have a personal experience about something and it gets you thinking. Yes. And I know because I, I do the same thing. I have a personal experience and then it makes me want to write something. And yes. part of that maybe is also processing what I've just experienced or a decision that I've made or something like that. And so I love that you do that because you share these short stories and, and they're very powerful. And I don't just say that because I'm your friend. I really do. I really do appreciate the way that you write. And I'm actually going to talk about that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So, so if, if I'm hearing correctly, you, you do some blogging, some other writing, uh, you do devotionals yes. um, and you have a book that I, you're working on. Right. I have one book completed. Okay. And um, I'm about to start the second one. Okay. I also just dabble in short fiction, like flash fiction mm -hmm. and, um, and microfiction because it's, I just do that for fun. See, I it's can't handle, exercise. I can't handle it. I can't handle flash fiction or anything like that. I, I have too much to say. <laughs> so but see, it's those limitations again, right? I have a thousand words. I have to tell the whole story in a thousand words. Mm -hmm. And so it really pushes you to, to take out all the extraneous things and say just what's essential. And it does make it stronger. It, it does. really does. I do yeah. appreciate it. I say I can't handle it and it's true. It's hard for me. You know, you create something, it's hard for you to let it go. Yes. And so you create these words. And you think and every bit of it is very, very 
very important. It's very important. So, and then, then, you know, you have Joy read it and she's like, why was that important? No, take that out. Right. No. <laughs> like, okay, well, I like to have that perspective too. So, yeah. um, I want to ask this question because I just want to make sure I'm covering everything, but what yeah. topics are you drawn to specifically? I'm always drawn to scripture, mm-hmm. especially the gospels, the, the stories of Jesus and people. I feel that people learn best through stories. Mm-hmm. Those are the things we remember. That's why I write in stories. That's why I like to rehash the stories in the gospels. And I think there's so much more to gain from those than we have in the past. It's one thing to know the story in a factual way and mm-hmm. another thing to stop at every point in the story and really examine what's happening there. And I think the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of the Gospels to include these certain stories because there's so much there for us to learn. Mm-hmm. And we never finish digging into that. Right. Well, you know, as humans, we all have a story and we yeah. find stories powerful because we all have one. And, uh, you know, I work on a, on a university campus and um, and we have on our campus, we have a, a very large student organization called Baptist Collegiate Ministries, BCM. And it's actually an organization. I met my husband at BCM. I met my wife at BCM. So that's exactly <laughs> Right, but uh, and it's a great organization. But what, something they did uh, over the last couple of years, maybe it's been three years now, but they did this whole focus on your story. And they had T-shirts that said "Ask me about my story." Oh, that's great! And then they put um, these gigantic letters out on the university courtyard that said um, "Your story" or something like that. And the, and, p- and people just came up and they're like, "What are these gigantic letters?" And they all had their T-shirts on, and so they were sharing story. And I think yes, we build relationships and we connect with people when we understand their story yes. and where they're coming from. Right. You know, this is so important. But there are a couple things that I really appreciate about your writing. It's your style and your substance. I love that you like to tell the stories and that they seem to be pulled from your personal experiences. I've mentioned that. But the second thing that I really appreciate um, is when you write about spiritual things and you make a personal, intentional effort to go deeper. So, you know, you know, it's, it's like you take this Sunday school topic and you're like, but what about this? Or why are we just talking about this particular biblical account? Why aren't we talking about these obscure people or, you know, whatever (laughs) that you like to take it a little deeper. And I really appreciate that. Um, I would honestly describe you. uh, This is how I would describe you to someone who didn't know you is my Mm -hmm. theological friend, my theologian friend. So. Thank you. I would take that as a compliment. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to put it on a t-shirt. You're but right. Thank you. <laughs> People are scared theology. of that word. Yeah, yeah, they are scared of that word, but it's a, it is an important word because honestly, um, if I want to take the conversation, I'm, I'm totally blowing yeah. my conversation. I'm taking it somewhere else, but I think we are in a thirsty lack of theologians these days and sound and sound wisdom from the word. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and maybe. Partly because of Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Very well could be. (laughs) Because you can only say 140 characters, even though I love it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I really, for me as a woman, Mm -hmm. I have a hard time finding other women who Mm -hmm. really want to dig into theology. Mm -hmm. That's one of the struggles. um, Why do you think that is, though? I think part of it is that we're in this culture where everyone wants to be inoffensive, like we were talking Mm -hmm, about before. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think... Um, theology requires that you take a stand on certain things right. and um, one that God exists and that he cares about us. Mm-hmm. And so people don't want to step on toes. Yeah, sure. And so they're afraid so. to do that. But one of the things I really try to do in my writing is to leave those doors open mm-hmm. uh, for different theological viewpoints because God is so big. I think we can't really 
it's not my place to nail down this theological point of view. Yeah, and, and God can handle our discussions and our right, opinions. He can right, handle it. You know, right. I remember when I first started thinking about the Trinity, mm-hmm. um, we were in seminary, and I probably spent a week mm-hmm. just digging through the Trinity. And what I found is not that God was offended by that investigation, but right. that it brought Him glory. And that the more I learned about Him, mm-hmm. the greater that was. Mm-hmm. So, I think there's a lot to be said for that. But also, people are just kind of afraid of the word. Sure. Theology mm-hmm. and don't understand that um, it's as much as it is the study of God. It's also just the practice of living mm-hmm. and what you really believe about God affects everything that you do in, in your day. Yeah, absolutely. And I th- and I, honestly, I think we need um, an emphasis, maybe not an emphasis, but more. We need to get um, more. We need to understand that there are other women out there who are theologians, yes. you know, and mm-hmm. I think that's important um, because, you know, when you think about, you know, great theologians who get a lot of the attention, it is a lot of men um, theologians. And so I would really, you know, that's one of the things I appreciate you is like, a, you know, you're, you're, you're almost like a unicorn. I haven't met <laughs> any other theologians who are strong, you know what I'm saying? Seriously, <laughs> women theologians that are out there that are promoting and that are doing really deep, meaty things. And so anyway, I appreciate that about you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um go just ahead. to lighten it up a little bit. Yes. Um, I love the deep and meaty things, but I also think that the scriptures are fun. They are. You know, mm. I like to be familiar with them. I think Jesus laughed, and it's okay to think about Jesus getting sweaty. Yes. And it's okay to think that people had a bad attitude sometimes, and the disciples didn't always love <laughs> sleeping on the ground. And right. those things, you know, that we can be really familiar with it in mm. a way, not like a book you've read too many times, but like a friend that you like to sit down with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I actually had an opportunity to uh, interview uh, some new friends. Um, but the skit guys, I don't know if you're familiar with yes, the skit guys, uh-huh. had an opportunity to interview them. And that's one of the things I love about them is because they point out that they, they, you can actually have fun uh, with scripture and you can have fun learning about yes. God and you can actually take those pieces of his character and those emotions because that is how we relate to him is through our emotions and, and things like that. Yes. And you can have a good time. It is okay yes. to have a good time. Yeah. You know? So anyway, um, but seriously, you, this is a leadership podcast mm-hmm. and I, I really like to draw out the leadership attributes in the people um, that I speak with. I believe you're sort of leading the way in this and you're getting people to think deeper um, and when it comes to scripture. Would you say that that's just a component that of who you are as a writer or a person, you're a thinker and, and those kind of things, or are you really aiming purposefully or intentionally to take people deeper? Is that just part of who you are? It is absolutely purposeful and intentional. Okay. Definitely. Fantastic. Yes, I think that we have for too long read our Bibles in the morning and close it and forget it. Mm. And um, we're called to have the scriptures stick in our minds and to carry us through the day. Like I said, that theology is about the way you live out your day. So it's um, a chance to draw everything I write, I think, is a chance to draw people deeper into the scripture so that it begins to affect your life. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't do Bible study. We don't read the Word of God just for knowledge. Mm -hmm. We read it for heart change Mm -hmm. and for transformation. Not information, but transformation. Mm -hmm. I heard someone say that's not my own. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Yeah. We're not doing this just for information. It's for transformation. And and if the Word of God doesn't change us through the work of the Holy Spirit, then we're wasting our time. Mm -hmm. Well, and you have, you do have a formal background in theology, right? Yes. I have a Master of Arts in 
theology. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So you got scripture cred. Yeah. <laughs> Plus <laughs> lots and lots of experience. Yeah, yeah. And, you yeah. know, and, you know to, to the listeners out there, to be clear, you don't have to have a seminary degree to study scripture and to delve deep into scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just really appreciate that about my friend Carol, uh, that you did take the time to learn more about that and how to do that. So I loved being in seminary. Did you really? I did. It was just such a time to just grow in understanding of God. And it's really where I began to grasp how much I can't grasp who God is. Right. Um, yeah, that's, I think, where I started developing this love for the scripture. Well, you know, I'm not sure, but I don't have any statistics, but I'm pretty certain that there are not a ton of people clamoring to get a theology degree. Um, what makes you... What makes you interested in in those sort of things, or what? Or do you think? I mean, of course, at the seminary, there's going to be a ton of people pursuing theology, but it doesn't seem to be something that's like really on people's radars today. I think people, well, like we talked about, I think people are afraid of the word. Yeah, I think yeah. they're afraid of theology, of the word testimony, these words that are kind of cultural words that are grounded in our background as a church culture that aren't necessarily biblical words. We don't need them in order right. to be spiritual people. No. What what made you pursue writing and theology to connect those? I don't know. You don't know. That's okay. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I've, I've asked. I've no, been asked questions, I lo- many questions. I don't know. So. I um. No, I, it's just the best way to to process my own thoughts mm-hmm. and then to get it out to more people. And I love that structure and the creation of sentences. I love I love it when you're reading a good book and a sentence just floors you, yes. and you have to stop. Mm-hmm. And just dwell in that sentence for a few minutes. Mm. And, we, you know, in our culture being so busy today, we don't always take time, but to just slow down and let that sentence sink in so that you can remember it mm. for a while. That's great. And you, that's what I'd like to create. Do you keep a notebook of those sentences that you find? I do. Do you really? Yeah. See, I was just thinking, oh, wow, I need to do that. So you actually do that. Well, it's on the computer. But, oh, okay. But still, it's yeah, a notebook. Yeah, these place piles store. of quotes of things. And then every once in a while, I go back through, come through it, and see how things I've read in the past are relating to what I'm thinking about now. Mm-hmm. Or I'll remember, oh, this book had something so I can search yes. for those quotes. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you say uh, is your personal why? God's glory. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm on my best days. <laughs> I don't always get there, but yeah. <laughs> on my best days, everything I do is really about his glory. And so the talents and gifts he's given me, it it's worth nothing if it's not bringing him honor. That's right. So, so you talked about on your best days. Well, what would you say are some challenges you've encountered, encountered regarding your writing and your why? Uh, one's just the pace and mm. you know you've yes. published it yep. um yep. the whole process is really long and it's a lot about who you know mm-hmm. you know and also one of the challenges for me because i do like to go deep and because some of the things i write are tough mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. not something that's just going to make you feel good and pat you on the back <laughs> right. um you know not everybody wants to hear that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so it takes a certain kind of person who wants to receive that mm-hmm. and i'm very open to receive that from other people too i should say it's i'm like god has worked so much on my humility mm-hmm. in learning and receiving from other people but there's that challenge of the pace and who you know and um then just the time in my day because i am a mom and a wife and um there's all these other things and responsibilities at my church so it's taking the time out to intentionally sit down and 
put together what's been in my mind. Well, I was going to ask you, what's the solution for that? So really just being intentional. It is priorities. Yeah, that's um, where God's working on me right now. You might see that on my blog in a few weeks. <laughs> All right. Well, I will probably definitely need to read that on, okay. your, on your blog, so I will look forward. Keeping to- your priorities <laughs> sorted out. Yeah, exactly. Because it really can be hard uh, to do that. So yeah. what about... You know, if there's somebody out there who wants to, you know, because to me, I think that you are, you're an emerging leader in this area. And I I really don't mince that. I really do believe that you're an emerging leader when it comes to theology and writing and however you choose to package that and however that gets out there, you know, you were like, there are not a lot of people out there who want to read those. I disagree. I think the market is out there, but it's how do you find them, you know? And I think that's probably when you talk about publishers and the process and things like that, that's what they, they've got to figure out. How do you find this market? That's why there's such an emphasis now on social media marketing and building a platform and followers and all those things that we can kind of get caught up in because we think they're not substantive. It's not important and, it, and it's secondary, but really, you know, in a writing world, if you want to find that market, you really do kind of have to build a base. Yes, you, know, it's, you it's, do. It becomes a business in a sense. Yes. And you have to begin uh-huh. to view it that way. So. And you probably know as a creative, that's not really my strong suit. No, it's not what we do. <laughs> this is not supposed to be confession time, but yeah, that's, that's the challenging side for me exactly. is the marketing and the platform. Exactly. Well, uh, so, but I do love to connect with people. Mm-hmm. I do, and um, I feel like I'm a connector. I like to connect people with are. other people mm-hmm. and and bring people into relationships. So I try to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're a person of hospitality too, mm-hmm. so you like to make people feel welcome. You've always been that way. So, uh, what advice would you have though for people um, who are interested in pursuing specifically, you know, we're talking about writers and creatives, you know, what, what advice would you offer to them if they're pursuing whatever that is they want to become a leader in, in their field from a writing perspective, how would you encourage that creative out there who, who doesn't even know where to start? (laughs) I think it may sound counterintuitive, but don't pursue leadership. Mm, okay. I think we need to pursue love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, love people, serve people, give them what the Holy Spirit gives you as a writer, mm-hmm. and a writer of faith, um, and let the leadership rise to the top. Mm-hmm. I think like cream on milk, you know, as you go through the difficult times, then your leadership will rise and people will recognize you as someone mm-hmm. to follow, someone to listen to, someone with um, who's close to the Lord with uh, thoughts that influence people rather than really pursuing that, that trying to be a leader yes. in, in the creative fields, maybe more than in other areas. Um, and I love that because, um, yeah, th- and that's great because what I would want to encourage creatives um, to be is to be themselves. Yeah. You know, to be everything, to become everything that God wants you to be. You just have to be yourself. Right. You be know? authentic yes. and love people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. What are you doing these days to stay inspired? What are you reading? Who are you following? Mm-hmm. Um, my my biggest inspiration, my strongest thing is just to stay in the Word of God every day. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, because I write about the Bible and the stories in the Bible, I have to be in it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anything's going to stay on track. Also, I like um, to go 
Dakota Writers Conference, Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference has been really great for me. It's at Ridgecrest every year. Um, it's like getting around your tribe. <laughs> All these people are like exactly. me, and you've never been in a room with so many introverts in your life. Uh-huh. It's like 90% introverts. It's great. Yeah. People don't talk all the time. That's awesome. Everybody gets it when you need to step away. <laughs> I love that part of it. And the chance to meet people in the industry and be influenced by mm. them is really mm. great. I can really appreciate that because in podcast world, that's kind of what I'm doing is I'm, I'm reaching out. And for the last few years, I've been building relationships with other podcasters. And then um, last year was the establishment of Nashville Podcast uh, Group. And, oh, um, and And it's just a bunch of creatives with lots of different podcasts of lots of, you would not believe the topics that are out there, you know, but they're meeting a need. People are downloading and listening. And you know what? Even if you have 30 regular listeners or 300 regular listeners, or I have a friend who has, uh, he regularly has like half a million downloads, you know, which is just amazing. But it doesn't matter because if you have, to me, it's an honor for anybody to want to even spend time like that and listen yeah. and carve out time in their day to do that. But yes. you're right. It's, it's encouraging to be around people who are going through the same processes and right. who are interested in the same thing. They really sure. get what it means. Yeah. Exactly. I, uh, my reading this year, I just this year I've started a rotation where I read one nonfiction book, then one fiction book, and then mm-hmm. one children's book. We, my daughter and I have been working on reading all the Newberry winners. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I and always wanted to do that. It was kind of on a It takes a long time. Let me tell you yes i might finish next year maybe uh, but then they add one every year too so exactly. it keeps getting longer yeah, some list, of them are great some longer. of them not so much sure but yeah. it has really helped me read more books mm-hmm. and as a writer my number one influence is to read mm-hmm. as much as possible i love reading biographies i just finished uh, metaxas seven women so inspirational mm. um in and, what way um, mostly two two of the seven in particular. Um, one was Joan of Arc, mm-hmm. and just that confidence to walk in and say, "I know what the Lord told me. Mm-hmm. This is right." Mm-hmm. You know, in the, like a teenager among all these generals and leaders, and uh, that confidence in the Lord's leading. I the love boldness. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Susanna Wesley, um, who just even through a difficult um, family life and the fact that they didn't have a lot of material possessions and they had a lot of struggles in their life, raised her children to love the Lord. And the influence that that had, not so much her directly, but through her children mm-hmm. and uh, the way they grew up to change the face of Christ- modern Christianity mm-hmm. is um, really inspirational for me. That's awesome. You know, um, I was asking, you know, what are you doing to stay inspired? I was at um, Jeremy Cowart. Um, he's just an awesome creative um, and I was at his liminal night mm-hmm. um, that he sponsored. Uh, I guess it was last weekend. And uh, one of the things he said, I thought it was, I was like, why didn't I think of that? But w- at those moments, um, I asked him, like, when you when you become dry or you're feeling uninspired or you or you're, you really just kind of feel like you're in one of those creative ruts, what do you do? And he said, I go through, he said, and I change it up. He said, even even like social media or the people he's following and things like that, he's like, I will unfollow some and follow brand new ones. And I will follow people, lots of different people because you need to be exposed to new ideas and new thoughts and new things and not get into a rut of following the same people. It doesn't mean you don't like them or that you don't not still a quote follower, but you need to be exposed to lots of new things. Yes. I try to read things outside my own theological stream, Mm -hmm. especially, um, you know, follow blogs and read, um, especially trying to find women theologians. Mm-hmm. A lot of them don't really come from the same conservative background I do. Mm-hmm. I love to read that. Mm-hmm. All that does is strengthen and it challenge my you. faith. And sometimes right. I change my point of view. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm getting closer to like the, the 
more accuracy, I guess. Right. But um, those things make us stronger. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you. So if people wanted to um, connect with you, um, how would they connect? Um, I have a um, website. It's the easiest way to start, and it's carolsparks.com. Okay. So if you go through there, you can reach my blogs. I have a parenting blog called, called Intentional Parenting mm-hmm. and um, just a, a standard blog. And um, you can look at some articles I've had published in different places. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram through there as well and Facebook. What are some other things you've got going on? Right now. Well, as I said, I'm about to start my second book. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got an outline on that. And so that's really exciting because my best days are the days I just get to sit down with the Word of God and the computer and just let the Word start flowing out. I love those days. That's worship for me. Mm, I love that. That's yes. a great way to put it. That's fantastic. Um, so I'm excited about getting into that. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I'm really praying and hoping to... Um, for a publishing contract from the first book about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Yeah, I'm really excited to yeah. hear about that. To hear more about that, and um, and then you, didn't you also have like a seasonal, like a Christmas devotional or something that you were working on? Or I'm was working that blog on it. Post or, or I had a series of blog posts that I hope to turn into a short Bible study. Okay, okay. like a month long Bible study about the characters um, That's right. in the Christmas yes. story and really digging into their background and their stories more. Yeah, so that's down the road, but I would like to do that. Staying busy. Yeah. Really staying busy. Well, I'm really excited to see where all this takes you, and uh, and I'll be paying attention, and uh, and I will be reading, and I will definitely be looking for the, the post or the next writing about priorities and how to do that or, or <laughs> no your pressure, thoughts on right? that. Yeah, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure now. So anyway, any final thoughts out there? Uh, I think... Thank you for giving me the chance to share some of what I've been thinking and doing. And I appreciate your podcast and what you're doing here. Well, I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to The Leader About Today. That is Carol Sparks. She is a writer and author and blogger and mom and friend and theologian and so many different things. And I hope that you will take the opportunity to check her out at carolsparks.com. And I also hope that you'll take an opportunity to connect with me. And you can find me on Twitter. That's my favorite outlet on social media. Media, and you can just find me at Chester W. Go. Don't forget that W. And until next time, I just want to encourage you to keep leading, keep learning, and keep loving. And uh, we'll just see you next time here on the Leader Bite. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Leader Bite podcast, bite sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Keep the conversation going at ChesterGo.com or on your favorite social media because leadership is a conversation worth having.